Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. In 2011, about the same time I was beginning my own kindness journey, a woman named Laura Schroff released her first book. It flew to the top of the New York Times bestseller list. An invisible thread changed the way many people view kindness and human connection, myself included. I am so honored to welcome Laura to today's show. Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I am so glad that you joined us for this special edition of the Kindness Podcast because I am going to introduce you to somebody who is really special to me. And honestly, when I say she's really special to me, it's funny because I have just recently met her talking on the phone and and through video connection like this. But back in 2011, some of you will know that was the time when I was, um, I say I was on the edge of what anyone would call an alcoholic. I was a drinker and a smoker and overeater and you know, angry, just angry at life and my husband and my people all the time. And uh, it was about that time that I began writing this column, Kindness is Contagious. And it's a weekly newspaper column. It still runs in North Dakota and South Dakota and Minnesota. And um, at that time, that column started right, running in October of 2011. In November of 2011, Laura Schroff released her first book, an invisible thread and it shot to the top of the New York Times bestseller list like seriously number one on the New York Times bestseller list and so it resonated with me in a way that no book had before and obviously it resonated with a lot of other people too and so I'm just so delighted to bring you today is Laura Schroff. Thank you, Laura. Nicole, thank you so much for having me on your show. And I'm beyond delighted that you were able, that you, my book resonated with you back in 2011. Well, and you know, it's funny because within a year of that, of being intentional about kindness, I had quit drinking, quit smoking, lost 30 pounds, like had all these massive life changes happen. And your book was one of those pieces for me. But I am guessing, Laura, that I am not the only person who has told you that. What sort of stories have you heard through the years from people who have read An Invisible Thread? Well, you know, what I never could have imagined is that An Invisible Thread really has crossed over all ages, racial and religious lines. And that was something that I never really expected. But for those people who are fortunate, after they read An, an Invisible Thread, they really can kind of count their blessings. And then for people who are less fortunate and come from more of a volatile childhood or lifestyle, they see that they're not alone and that other people are experiencing those kinds of things. You know, when I wrote An Invisible Thread, I never planned to ever discuss my own background, my childhood, which happened to be very volatile. My father, unfortunately, was an alcoholic, and when he drank, he could be extremely violent. And so that was something that, unfortunately, that we had to grow up with in our childhood years. But what's interesting is so many people live that kind of childhood, and I think that a lot of people were able to relate to that. Where Maurice's story, because he was a young boy living in a shelter hotel, you know, and his parents, his mother was addicted to heroin and crack. Some people had a harder time kind of like 
imagining Maurice's life, but they could really imagine because they lived my kind of life. So it really crosses over. Oh, that's interesting. That's so yeah. In fact, my original outline included nothing of my childhood, and it wasn't until I was doing the chapter of taking Maurice to a baseball game, and all of a sudden I thought about my brother Frank <clears throat> and how much he loved baseball and how he loved his mitt. And one day in a drunken stupor, my father, he was only six years old. He cut his mitt up into pieces. And before I knew it, I started writing the mitt story and then intertwining my story into our story, which is when I say our story, it's my story of my friendship with Maurice when I met him when he was 11 years old. Would you, for people who have not read Invisible Thread, if, just walk them through a little bit about uh, what that relationship was like, what, what happened there? Yeah, very quickly, I was walking up West 56th Street and as I approached this young boy, he said, excuse me, lady, do you have any spare change? I'm hungry. And originally I said no, but as I got to Broadway, I realized what he said, he was hungry. And I turned around, I actually stopped in the middle of Broadway. And I turned around and I went back and I said, listen, you're just a kid. I said, I don't wanna give you money, but if you're hungry, I'll take you over to McDonald's and I'll get you something to eat. And then for some strange reason, I asked if I could join him. And um, I could just tell that he was this really sweet kid who was just stuck in this really hard, bad world. And long story short, we ultimately got together every Monday for the next four years and hundreds of times thereafter. And 34 years later, we're still great friends. And it's the story of our friendship and how it evolved over so many years. And it's also an inside look at how children like Maurice, who are so hunger deprived, how difficult their lives are. And I think now more than ever, I mean, I think I heard just yesterday over 17 million children are hunger deprived in, in the United States today because of COVID. And I can only pray that they're not as hungry as Maurice was. And that they have a Laura in their life. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Well, yeah, somebody yeah. to see them and know they're hungry and, and know that you, can, you can't do everything, but you can do something. Well, I think, you know, you mentioned earlier about kindness and kindness is really contagious. And Dr. Dale Atkins really writes a book about the, kind, um, the kindness advantage. But the good feeling that you get when you do something kind, it makes you want to do it over and over again. And people would always say to me, God, Maurice was so lucky to have met you. And I would always say, are you kidding? I was so lucky to have met him. Yes, I understand that feeling. So uh, you took the book, An Invisible Thread, and you turned it into uh, a, a version that would be probably more appropriate for just young readers, right? Yeah, because this is the original copy of An Invisible Thread. Yep. And this is actually used in schools as part of the core curriculum, which is really amazing. And I've probably spoken oh, it over, no, this one. So oh, I've probably it. spoken it over a hundred schools. And because schools were requesting it all the time, I then came out with in 2019 an invisible thread, and this is now for children between the ages of eight and 12. And what's great about this book is everything that's harsh in an invisible thread does not exist. So, for example, Maurice's mother had a sickness. You know, we don't. I don't mention the fact that she um, was a drug addict. I felt 
very strongly that children are so so wise today and they can probably put two and two together but i had hoped that i prefer i would have preferred that they when they were figuring it out they would ask either their teacher or their um their parents so now i've been doing a lot of um middle schools and loving it because they're just the cutest age between eight and 12. Well, and I, so I have a 10 year old in my house, so I understand that age and, and kind of, or at least my son, what his um, cognitive abilities are in the midst mm -hmm. of that. And I, I, I think that some kids in that age are very wise because of what's happening in their own home. And I feel like when you say she had a sickness that gives them words mm -hmm. to use when they have to talk to other people or when they're maybe embarrassed about their, their parents' behavior, then they can say, you know, my mom has a sickness, you know, and you, you're giving them, you're giving them words and it's, it's special. It's really I just received an email just the other day from a young boy, 12 years old. And he told me I was his biggest fan in the entire world. And, you know, it, it takes my breath away because when an invisible thread came out, I had no idea of what to expect. You know, people had been telling me for 20 years, I should write a book, write a book. So finally, almost 25 years later, it's when an invisible thread came out. And I just never expected that it would ever resonate the way that it has, you know, across the country and also around the world. There's 15 it's in 15 translated languages, so it's amazing. In fact, Germany, it was on Germany's bestseller list for a year. Wow. I know, go figure. And doesn't that say something about us as humans, that that story of connection with other humans and, and the elements of kindness would resonate regardless of? Absolutely. Yeah. People by nature are kind. And even the name of the book, An Invisible Thread, it's an ancient Chinese proverb, how it, invisible threads connect us to people that we're destined to meet. And, you know, everybody can relate to wanting to do something nice for somebody else. And again, when you do do this, it makes you even feel better. So the giver is getting probably more than even the receiver. And all of us are getting to witness it through your writing, which is fantastic. And then I know it resonated with so many people because you wrote a book that I, I know exactly where I was. I was in Lakeside, Ohio. At, uh, oh. it's, Lakeside is a Chautauqua. And so it's a, it was a, just a special place to go and relax with my kids. My husband couldn't even make it, but I took my, my children and um and some of their friends we we went and so i was having some mom time and i i went through a little bookstore in there in this little town and i i was said oh laura schroff wrote a book again like <laughs> like the next one and so, um and so i sat just all over all over the different towns of that chautauqua and of lakeside and i and i read is it called Angels on Earth? What's the what's the title? Angels on Angels on Earth. This is Earth. okay. And there is a story in this book, the bookstore. And I actually spoke at Lakeside. Yes. Yes. And it was an amazing event. I remember I wasn't there when you spoke, and I was like, oh, 
wait, I'm here and I want Laura to be here too because I want to hear her speak. So yeah, that was really special. But how did that book come about? Because I feel like it's just really... Yeah, that book came about because I had set in an invisible thread and I don't even remember why back then I did. But if you had your own invisible thread story, share it with me. And I received my first invisible thread story about a month after an invisible thread came out. And before I knew it, I started receiving all of these beautiful stories of people who had a profound difference, who made a profound difference in the life of another person. And in 2015, I was like, call me crazy, but I think we have a book here. So I have been very blessed to have an incredibly talented co-writer and I've worked, he's worked up with me on all of my books. His name's Alex Trezanowski. And I called Alex and I said to him, Alex, I said, I think we've got a book here. I said, and I'm gonna start to go through all of the letters that I've received and I'm gonna send them to you. Oh, pardon my little dog is, is um, coughing. And um, we put together a variety of different letters and sent them to um, Howard Books, which is a division of, division of Simon and & Schuster. And they were like, go for it. So it's a compilation of other people's invisible thread stories of how someone came into their life and made a profound difference. So I feel enormously blessed that I had the chance to be able to put out into the forefront other people's stories. And then the last chapter in Angels on Earth is the rainbow chapter. And that's the chapter of how um, I have believed from the very beginning. As you know, my mother died at a very young age of only 47 when I was 25. But I believe she's been by my side every step of the way. And she has, um, throughout the years, shown me signs. And one of the signs that she does show me are rainbows. And also her name, Marie Mary or Maria. Every event I've ever gone to, there's always a Marie Mary or Marie in the room. But I had a very big speaking engagement quite a few years ago in um, Florida. And there's a story in Invisible Thread. It's the brown paper bag story, which everyone just loves. And as I was walking from one hotel to the next to go back to my hotel room, I was with my PR person and I found this, I saw this flat bag on the ground lunch bag and we were just talking about the lunch bag story and as I picked it up my PR person kind of screamed I said what's the matter she said turn it over and when I turned it over someone had colored in a rainbow oh my goodness so you oh know, and I know that she shows me rainbows in all different forms and this was just on the ground I mean we were walking to the four seasons you could have eaten off the floor and yeah. just flat on the ground. So that's the last chapter. And intertwined into Angels on Earth are stories about, you know, and my relationship with Maurice. So, um, and then there's the children's book. Right. So tell me about that. I mean, I hate to sound like such a salesperson. I'll always consider myself more of a salesperson than actually an author. But this is an invisible thread. Christmas story and this is for children between the ages of four and eight and it's an illustrated book and it was illustrated by Barry Root. It is beautiful. First Christmas that Maurice spent with my family. Oh it is based on that. It's based on the yes and um, the year before I met Maurice he went to 
the Salvation Army to spend Christmas there. And he picked out of a bin of toys, a white teddy bear. And on Christmas, before we left to go to my sister's, he tucked the, he tucked the teddy bear under my tree. And it's kind of, is the story of how sometimes it's the people who have the least amount that are willing to give the most. And he gave me his one and only toy that he had, which was his teddy bear. But it's, it's a very sweet, sweet story. I mean, I love the story, but of course it's my story. So. Right. So you're partial to it. That makes sense. I am partial. <laughs> that is so good. Well, I wanted to bring you on. I mean, you talk about being a salesperson, like that your, your whole job has been, I mean, through the magazines and, and, you know, all of that, you have this profession that had you this as a high powered executive in, in New York city. Like this is kindness. Wasn't something that you were chasing, right? It, it just, it wasn't something no that I was chasing, but what I was looking for was more in my life because I, I'm sad to admit that I, have always been somewhat of a workaholic and I was single and I was living in New York City and I wanted more in my life and one day Maurice came into my life and probably one of the sweetest stories is the brown paper bag story because we had been getting together every Monday for quite a few months and then one Saturday he called from my lobby phone and he asked if I could take him to lunch he was hungry it was on a Saturday and so we went to McDonald's and he told me he had not had anything to eat in two full days. And I was like, we need to figure this out. I said, I can't see you every day, but I cannot bear the thought that you're not eating. So I said, One, what we can do is on Monday nights, I can give you money and you can buy your food throughout the week. I said, or if you prefer, we can go to the supermarket together. I'll buy you all the things you love to eat. I'll make you lunch. He lived only two blocks from me, so we came from two vastly different worlds. I said, I can leave it with my doorman, and on your way to school, you can swing by and pick it up. And he looked at me, and he said to me, Miss Laura, if you make me lunch, are you going to put it in a brown paper bag? So that's where this brown paper bag comes in. And I said, well, do you want your lunch in a brown paper bag or not? And he said, oh, Miss Laura, he said, I don't want your money. He said, I want my lunch in a brown paper bag because when kids come to school and they have their lunch in a brown paper bag, that means someone cares about them. So some of the greatest blessings in our lives are sometimes the things we take the most for granted. It was important for me um, after we had connected to have you on the podcast right now right now before before christmas because i i just for for people who say i just want to give something that's meaningful i want to give somebody something that matters um your books matter i am i'm just a woman sitting in south dakota who loves kindness and has made it my calling and my mission and my purpose and um, and you had such an integral part of that, and your writing had such an integral part of that. So I just really want people to know um, that if they want to give something meaningful, your words certainly are. So so tell everybody again um, how like the different ages, what would be appropriate, and things like that, so they know exactly what you're talking Very about. Quickly. And an, an invisible thread and angels on earth are really for adults and anyone. Parents ask me all the time, how old can my children be to read your book? And I say, anything <clears throat> under 13, I highly recommend you read the book first and make sure that your child 
is age appropriate. But so those are the two adult books. And then the young readers edition is for children between the ages of eight and 12. And in the back, there's also a list of all small acts of kindness that the children can actually incorporate into their day, which is great. And then of course, an, an invisible thread Christmas story is for children between the ages of four and eight. But many teachers and many adults have told me that they read the children's book and they just loved it too. Because the photos are just, the illustrations are beautiful. I have had many a picture book bring me to tears, my friend. <laughs> they are. Now look at all the kindness you're spreading, you know, with all that you're doing. Oh. And think about how far you've come since 2011, you know, wow. Right. Good That's, for you. It's what makes me so passionate about it because I know there are people who are living life and not loving life. And it's so... Mm -hmm. So special to me when I can give them an idea of how to bridge that gap. You know, and I think now more than ever with so much going on um, and so many people struggling, for anyone who was fortunate enough to be able to give back in any kind of a way, you know, all communities have their own charity associations to be able to give back in any kind of way possible. If there's ever been a time, it's certainly right now. Yeah. It's time for kindness in this world. It is right now. I well, you know, the good thing, though, Nicole, is that kindness has really been kind of brought up to the forefront. Yes. It is being discussed much more now than ever before. So I think that, you know, with everything that kind of seems a little bit dark, there's always goodness. And I think that kindness is something that people are really, really zeroing in on right now. Absolutely. And it's wonderful. One of the reasons I think I, I found your book was because I was really looking for uh, kindness reading material, things that could teach me more about it. And and in 2011, there was not much. There w wasn't a lot of research there. Yeah. And now we look at just, you know, almost 10 years later and the pendulum has swung. It is. There's so many wonderful books. I mean, Dr. Dale Atkins books, which is the kindness advantage. And then there's, um, Brad Aronson. Brad's book, of course, which is really wonderful. And in fact, I have only spoken with Brad, but he actually inc included a chapter um, in his book on an invisible thread, which is wonderful. Yeah. And then also, too, I don't know if you know Genevieve Matero's book. Her book is The Pajama Pro um, Purpose. Yeah, Purpose, Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas. And yeah how she started the pajama program. Talk about a woman who's kind, amazing. And her book is also just incredible. She was on the, the Hallmark Channel's Home and Family Show. And right. they were telling me about just this woman and what she had done in her life. And it just all starts with a little something, a little, a little, little idea in the head, a little spark that, that then grows into something you couldn't imagine. Yeah, that's how the pajama program happened, which is amazing. So there's a lot out there that's, you know, it's gearing towards kindness and how we can all make a difference. You know, and I tell students that if they could incorporate just one small act of kindness into their daily day, it's kind of like throwing a pebble into a lake and you see all these beautiful ripples. But imagine if every one of those ripples was actually a small act of kindness. They could not only make a difference in their own classrooms, but also in their personal lives. And well, beyond. those ripples like acts of kindness. 
Laura, thank you for your time today for talking with me. I so appreciate it. Well, Nicole, thank you for inviting me on your show and congratulations to all that you're doing and all the differences that you're making in people's lives. And I'd love to wish everybody as happy a holiday season as possible, but certainly a safe and healthy one. And I think that there is light at the end of this tunnel, which is wonderful. That was a conversation with international and number one New York Times bestselling author, Laura Schroff. Connect with Laura at aninvisiblethread.com. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, please spread some kindness in the review section and check out my new book, The Negativity Remedy, now available in stores. 